You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM. Numbers 312-255-8408. Mark Teresi here sitting in for Father Greg Sackowitz, who we wish him a speedy recovery. He's still fighting a summer cold. Uh, it's kind of knocked him out, and um, we, we're glad that he's home resting. Uh, you can connect with us also on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We have a great show today, but before the show, I wanted to highlight a few fo- a few things for our listeners. Uh, one is that if you look at today's Chicago Tribune, the Catholic Church is very well represented in a few ways. The first is last week we had Joyce DeRiga talking about uh, the residents of Little Village, St. Agnes of Bohemia, and their, and their um, street masses. And on page three of the Tribune today, um, the headline is, Residents in Little Village Praying for an End to Violence. Summer street masses have been celebrated across the neighborhood. Father Don Nevin, a picture of his folks um, at one of the street masses. And, and their community person, Dolores Castaneda, um, community leader in Little Village, said, The community lost many residents to the virus. We continue to lose more to street violence. She said, even if the masses have little impact on gang and gang violence in the area, they help us to heal and bring hope. That's page three in the Trib. Please look it up today. And then second, uh, in the Tribune on page four, there's a huge full-page article. Bishop Ed Braxton has written a book, The Church and the Racial Divide. I'd ask you to look that up, especially it ties in with our first guest today. And we're going to be talking about the polarization of traditional progressive Catholics. And our guest today is Dr. Linda Curry from the University of St. Mary of the Lake. Welcome back, Linda. Hello, Mark. How are you? Good, good. It's good to hear your voice again. This is going to be an excellent topic. What what I'd like you to do is just as an overlay from our last program, uh, I remember you saying at the last program, you felt a calling to this position that you have at the university. Could you just give a little bit of ba- background uh, again for our listeners on your journey to this position and then what what actually the position is up in Mundelein, and then we'll jump into our topic. Sure, that sounds great. So I would say, and the way that it fits into this topic is that I'm one of the last people that that you would imagine working in my position, and God's done a lot of work on me in the midst of it. <laughs> so I'm a licensed clinical social worker, worked in mental health centers, and then I felt a calling to get a divinity degree as I saw that one cannot approach mental health without a good solid base in spirituality. And then in the midst of this, I found myself um, in the lay ecclesial ministry program, and I started going to Loyola and then CTU, and then I started taking, I was hired at the seminary, and I started to take a few classes, and I found it very interesting because I took some of the classes at Loyola 
and then some at the seminary, and they were the same classes. And they were taught in very different ways, even though they were both Christology classes or they were both um, Catholic social teaching classes. So um, that was one observation that I made. And my present position right now is I am the director of the Institute for Pastoral Leadership. We're in charge of all of the spiritual, intellectual, pastoral and human formation of the laity in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm also a professor, um, an assistant professor of pastoral theology on the seminary side. So really um, influencer in terms of future uh, leaders in the church. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Too. And, I know, and I know you are. Uh, what I'd like to do is, and your story pretty much is God really writes it's not a straight line. There are a lot of crooked lines, a lot of turns. But you said yes. You said yes to the call. So I really, it resonates with me. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure many of our listeners could be thinking, well, I might I wonder if I'm being called to this. Well, your basic approach was go for it. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's scary, but it's, it'll all end up okay. Because you put it in God's hands. That's right. Yeah. Now, your dissertation talked about the polarization of traditional and progressive Catholics. Um, define polarization for us. Oh, basically, I mean, it's so rampant right now that one doesn't even need to define it. You just have to open your eyes. <laughs> and so polarization would just be, it's exactly like a magnet. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got the negative force and the positive force and they're pushed aside, right? Like mm -hmm. that. So you know, negative and positive pushed aside, you know, like a magnet when you're going to put it together and you don't have, you don't have the ability to bring them together. So polarization, we can see it so much. So when I wrote this dissertation or when I started to think about it in 2016, I read Jonathan Haidt's book, The Righteous Mind. It is so good. Mm -hmm. And um, I started thinking way back in 2016, I think that that was the, a little bit before the first Trump election. I get my my things confused. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, things are so bad. You know, this is going to be the worst year ever. And then my, I'm going to write a dissertation about the split between traditional and progressives. And then I thought, but you know, my dissertation will be irrelevant pretty soon. <laughs> and mm -hmm. like, it just keeps getting more and more relevant as things go on. Well, yeah. And it's fascinating to me because part of the polarization uh, is a lack of people speaking truth to power with some sense of dignity. I'll give you an example. Father Don Headley, uh, great, great priest of the Archdiocese, enculturated into the Hispanic community, uh, died last week. His funeral uh, was at St. Mary of the Woods in the evening. Church was full. Six bishops there. Uh, Six bishops for Don Headley, he would probably be rolling in his grave thing. Has he been a thorn in their side his whole priesthood, his whole 63 years of priestly ministry? But he always spoke with uh, dignity, and he spoke with a caring for them, but he also spoke the truth. Um, what is the truth right now in terms of how do we even look at polarization as a Catholic church, and how do we get to the table with some sense of listening and dignity? Well, I think we first have to recognize quite bluntly the role of the devil in all of this. So as we know, devil comes from the word diaboli, which means to split. And his tactic is always to create 
false distinctions. Now, I, I, I need to make a point here, mm -hmm. which is that part of our job and part of what we need to do is we need to create proper distinctions. Bishop Barron says the most important information comes from distinctions, not descriptions. So it's really distinction and defining our terms. And one must do that with charity. And it takes a lot of time to define our terms. It takes time with people because conversation takes time and it takes trust and goodwill. Those are, those are three things. You have to have time, which is a sacrifice to give up your time. You have to have goodwill and you have to trust the best intentions of the other person. So once that's established, I mean, that's a lot it is a of lot. what is at the foundation right now is there's a lack of trust, a lack of time, which is coming from, you know, sound bites all the time. So that's that's the beginning of it. You're going to say something. I want to hear what you're going to say. Well, I, I think what you're talking about, we'll take a little break, but we'll, uh, when we come back, you're talking about relationship building. Those are yes. three pillars, time, trust, goodwill. You can only build good relationships if you have those as a foundation. So let's when we come back, let's talk more about that. How do we build those good relationships uh, in the church? WNDZ 750M on your dial. Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You can also go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago and watch us today on the radio. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750M on your dial, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Our guest this morning, our first guest is Dr. Linda Curry from the University of St. Mary of the Lake, and we're talking about the polarization of traditional and progressive Catholics. Uh, before the break, you were talking about time, Trust and goodwill are three of the components that we need on either side of an issue to, to have, a, would say, an adult, mature 
discussion mm-hmm. about our differences. How right. does how, how does that happen when I go to a dinner and one of my relatives is just spouting off about a lot of issues that he has no knowledge about? I mean, isn't knowledge right. part of one of those pillars? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, we can't assume that knowledge is what's important. You know, I mean, it's really relationships have to come before mm-hmm. knowledge. I remember Francis Cardinal George saying at one point, is it more important to win or to be effective, right? Mm -hmm. So this comes down to virtue and discipline. In the end, you know, if you're at the proverbial Thanksgiving dinner, which is no longer proverbial, Mm -hmm. I mean, these Thanksgiving dinners happen where you bring everybody, you can't control your family, right? You can control your friends, but you can't control your family. You can pick your friends. And they all, (laughs) what's that? You can pick your friends. You can't pick your family. Yeah. Anyway, that's an editorial comment. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So as you're sitting around with this ragtag team of, of people that come on in with all different kinds of, of backgrounds, um, especially if there's a few drinks involved, everything gets really out of hand quite quick. I think that the first thing we must look at is our Christian discipline. And this is the hardest part. I mean, I, I'm rereading Mere Christianity again by C.S. Lewis, which is such a foundational book. And really, in the end, if you don't base yourself in Christian virtue, because you're going to feel yourself being angry, you're going to feel yourself being frustrated, you're going to feel um, scared that somebody, oftentimes it brings up fear. And I think really, honestly, the first thing you have to do, I, I talk about this a lot when I teach, is the first thing you have to do, right? Not what everybody else has to do, mm-hmm. you need to do is as you begin to feel yourself having those negative emotions, which is gonna be cortisol, it's essentially the stress hormone, you can feel it, Mm -hmm. you have to take a breath. It's like what I teach my kids, right? It's just we stop applying it when we're adults because for some reason we think it doesn't apply to us anymore. So you need to take a breath. Oxygen is available to everybody. Take three seconds, you can feel the cortisol reduce in your head because cortisol creates fuzzy thinking, lack of distinctions, you know, it's the fight or flight thing. It gets you to run away from a lion. So that's that, but that takes discipline. Right. So you have to apply discipline, right? Now, so I think that that's the first thing. uh, What about, let me switch, not switch, but move toward that discipline. And what are your thoughts about Cardinal Bernadine's um, seamless garment document in terms of how we look at issues? So I think once again, it's how we make distinctions. So in this world in which there's all these buzzwords and people find themselves extremely um, thrown into one camp or the other, as if they as if they need to be the defenders of of whatever issue they're they're taking on on either side, right? Um, everybody's forgetting that that you know God. God's got this, right? <laughs> um, everybody's fears and, and shackles are really up. So the word seamless garment now is is a buzzword. Even the word, um, e- even the name Cardinal Bernadine mm-hmm. is a buzzword. Bernadine versus George. Okay. Benedict versus Francis. You know, it's, it's it always goes into these polarizations. This is how the devil works. C.S. Lewis talks a lot about this. Mm-hmm. So seamless garment is, it's a wonderful metaphor. It's a wonderful metaphor, but because we can all work with this metaphor, right? but what's assumed 
is that this particular metaphor is coming forth from an untrustworthy, some people would believe it's an untrustworthy source because Cardinal Bernadine has been thrown into a certain camp and then they won't even discuss the distinctions of what seamless garment means because that takes time, that takes trust, and it takes assumption of goodwill. Yeah, and in those situations, don't you feel sometimes people try to demonize the other person, the other point of view? So when you're talking about the devil, how they, how he separates, that's part of it, too. Oh, right? oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a master plan, and we're all falling straight into it. Right. I it's, mean, he's smart. Mm-hmm. He's smart. It's just the thing is, as a Catholic, I'm like, you guys, come on. Well, let's. It's just you read scripture. It's like he just does the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And don't think we're above it, no matter which side you're on. Now, it's like if you're not disciplined in your virtues, he's just playing right into you. Right now, pick a pick an issue. I mean, you've listed a lot of them in this little bio I have, um, but pick an issue that polarizes us. And how do we deal with it now? And how would you suggest? we can change some of how we deal with that issue. Okay, let's go with the seamless garment dignity of life, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, there's billions we can go with. Mm-hmm. But let's just say as Catholics, or even just as human beings, you don't even have to be Catholic to you know agree to the idea that there's a dignity to all life, right? Exactly. So then where we have to make distinctions is, first of all, what do we mean by life Correct. And that's a long Mm -hmm. discussion that brings up the abortion issue. Okay, that's a long discussion. And to have any kind of discussion about abortion and women's rights and choice takes a long time. You need to assume goodwill on the part of the other. You need to have trust and really to go into a discussion not to convert people, Nobody wants to be an object of conversion. I don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't want to listen to me. If all they're, the whole time I'm talking, they're like, ooh, where can I get her to change her mind? That's like completely disrespectful right. and irritating. Right. You know? Well, you and, need to take the time to care and to listen where the person is coming from. And, and you know, adding to your time, trust, goodwill, as you're talking, a, a, another area that you should bring to the table, I would think, relationally is compassion. That as people bring a, an issue to the table, you know, listen with an ear that allows you, to, there may be pain connected to some of these issues that people are dealing with. What do you think about that? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. So compassion takes time. You have to get your cortisol levels down. You have to mm-hmm. see that that's a human, not a lion that's about to eat you, mm-hmm. you know? Like it's not, it's just a human being. It's just a conversation. Right. Right. And then you need to really and this, this gets into all the stuff of, of my dissertation. Well, let's do this. Let, is, let's take a little break and come into okay. those come into those issues. And then the other question I want to ask you after the break is you work with our seminarians, future religious leaders of our church. How do the, how do you work with them in terms of dealing uh, with this issue of polarization? Because you have some traditional and some progressive seminarians. How do they work together on that? WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. 
312-255-8408. Mark Teresi here sitting in for Father Greg Sakowitz. Uh, You can also see us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with this fascinating conversation, Dr. Linda Corey, in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. So much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facility. And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial. You can also watch us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Mark Teresi here sitting in for Father Greg Sackwitz, and we're having a wonderful conversation. Dr. Linda Curry, University St. Mary of the Lake, and we're talking about her dissertation, The Polarization of Traditional and Progressive Catholics. Linda, before the break, you're we're going to lead into your dissertation. We only have one, you know, our last segment here. But what I thought was maybe could you underscore two major themes that you th- that would cause people to want to find your dissertation and continue to study it. Well, I think that um, in some ways, when I, I I tend to be a very practical Catholic because what difference does it make if it isn't practical, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that everybody's experiencing this, whether they're experiencing it because of politics or they're experiencing it because of um, COVID, um, that this polarization is sort of the, the 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 tool, the handiwork of the devil right now. It's like the way that he's tricking us right now. He tricks mm-hmm. people in all different generations. This is our deal right now. And so as you notice this happens, 
Um, my dissertation would be good to read, but I think that there's other really good sources that you could go to that are a lot more handy than a dissertation. They're not the most fun thing to read. But um, I would really recommend a book by um, Bogosian and James Lindsay called How to Have Impossible Conversations. So they can and, get and the that, people can get that on Amazon? Yeah, get that on there. It's really good. And the title again? It's called How to Have Impossible Conversations. Okay. It's by Bogosian and Lindsay. It's and you great. Al- you also mentioned Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. That that would right, be- and that is very important because what it brings up, he's so clear. I mean, he's like the best writer ever. Because mm-hmm. I, I tend to find that poets and, and writers are better at understanding than theologians. Theologians, they're great, but... It, it, <laughs> wasn't he a... Con- go for C.S. Lewis. Wasn't he a convert? Yes, he was an atheist. I think that's part of part of the journey that there's a clarity there because he did dig yes. deep into our faith and he lost a lot you lose a lot of respect when you move from becoming a very smart atheist mm-hmm. to a, a naive christian and yeah. c.s lewis is so brilliant right yeah. Yeah. so those are those are two sources at least that i'm i'm into right now so but i i would say that as we were talking about compassion to notice that at the base, and this is what gets into my dissertation because it gets into psychology. If you really notice at the, at the base of when people become very um, kind of animated in conversations, mm-hmm. you have to have the discipline of knowing that that's a person. And often they're kind of like um, pressured tone. They're afraid of something. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of something being taken away, right? Right. And you need to look at that yourself when you become very, very, very pressured. I've got to say this. I've got to say this. Take time to think of like, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid that if I don't state this, that I'm somehow selling out? Mm-hmm. Am I afraid that, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket, which we're not, unless we always have been. Go read the Old Testament, right? I mean, now, Linda, before you- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to get to this. And we only have three minutes left. You work with the seminarians. Uh, And you see progressive and you see traditional. How do you work with them to help them have a sensitivity toward that time, trust, goodwill? Because they're going to be in parishes where people have either opinions about things. So how do you work? And they care a lot about the church. So they're very invested in it. So how do you? The first thing I do is I go through this particular lecture, which maybe we can talk about. But I make the distinction between what does it mean and what in your temperament makes you lean right or left. Okay. There's a whole bunch of work on this in terms of babies and how do they act and temperament. And where our 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 just our our temperament tends to lead us to one side or the other. Okay, good. But we won't get into that. But first it helps them to understand themselves. Exactly. Why do they lean in that direction? And once they understand themselves, because a lot of times people are like, Well, there's no other way to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well then how, who are all these other people that think differently? So you have to know your way of thinking is coming from a temperament. And so it it has to do with human formation first. And that's how I begin before I get into all the other stuff. Good, good. And then what kind of, uh, what do you hear from them in terms of uh, what they're hearing in the parish? Do they come back and talk, you know, because there's a great uh, pastoral program up at Mudline where guys are in the parishes. Do they come back with stories about how, questions about how to deal with some of what they've run into in terms of uh, traditional progressive? Maybe give us one. Can you think of one example that would help us understand? Yeah, I think that most of the most of the stuff can go down right now in terms of liturgy. 
So everybody thinks it's Catholic morality where all the, the stuff happens. It's mm -hmm. really in the liturgy, right? Mm -hmm. So you might have somebody come back and it's somebody who's very frustrated with the, maybe the lackadaisical way in which they do liturgy, right? Mm -hmm. So then, and, and they're legitimately frustrated. You know, they feel this inside of themselves. And then it's a long conversation. We have to first discuss, is there something really illicit going on? Which, is, which takes a long time because sometimes you assume there's something illicit going on when there's not. Right. So you need to have that. Is it your feeling or is it because it's going against the rubrics? And you can, there's a book that helps you with that. Now, we, don't, we only have a couple of minutes. Linda, anything coming up uh, in terms of uh, your area, University of St. Mary of the Lake, that you want our listeners to know about before we close our program today? Yes, I do. Okay, so, go ahead. Go. Um, if, if these things interest you and these conversations and just anything about the faith, I really invite you to look at our lay leadership program. Go onto the USML website. They'll probably put it up after this so you can see. But we have come and sees. You just go online and you can learn about all the ways just to engage in these conversations with other Catholics that are really into their faith and really just want to learn more. Wonderful. Well, let me close today. Thank you, Dr. Linda Curry. It's, it really is, you're an exceptional guest because you're so thoughtful, and you're faithful. And I really appreciated our conversation this morning. Hopefully I'll be up to Bundeline soon. We can visit. I love that. You know I love that place. I love that place. <laughs> Dr. Linda Curry, thank you for being on Catholic Chicago, WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can see us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Please say hi to everybody up at Bundeline for me, and we will be back in a few minutes with our next guest.